Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. As we wait to find out the decision of SCOTUS regarding the Texas lawsuit and the additional states that have now joined it, some other news is happening. In this report, I will take a look at recent events regarding Israel, China, and U.S. relations with China, and even a new alien report about the Galactic Federation. But first, some important news about COVID that you may not have heard yet or some things you need to understand more fully. Dominating the news this week is COVID as the UK has started its vaccination program. Two healthcare workers experienced anaphylactic reactions. Anaphylaxis can result in death from swollen nose and throat that cuts off the airway. Other symptoms include abdominal pain, rash, slurred speech, trouble breathing, low pulse, and shock. The UK Government Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA, issued a warning that people with significant allergic reactions should not get Pfizer's new vaccine. Well, China says its viral vector vaccine is 86% effective. A viral vector vaccine is different than the mRNA vaccines of Pfizer and Moderna. The United Arab Emirates was the first country to rate the Chinese vaccine in a phase three trial, which occurred one day after the UK began its public vaccination program. The Chinese company Sinopharm nor the UAE have released detailed data on the trial of its 31,000 participants. Also, the announcement did not say how many of those taking part had become ill or give numbers for those given the vaccine or a placebo. There was also no information on side effects. So what we know so far about China's vector vaccine is nothing. Let's compare, though, mRNA and viral vector vaccines. This is something you need to know. As you know, mRNA vaccines change DNA. Viral vectors also change DNA. The main differences between mRNA vaccines and adenovirus vector vaccines are the genetic material they use and how they get it into the cell. The mRNA vaccines use mRNA, while vector vaccines use DNA. MRNA vaccines have had the most press because this is the newest delivery system being developed. Viral vectors were created in the 1970s and went through trials in the 1990s. So vectors are old news and the press just doesn't do old news even when the old news is affecting new news. Or when the bad news comes out of communist China, the mainstream media's new boss. 
They are also the easiest vaccines to make, according to Dr. Paul A. Offit, who is an American pediatrician specializing in infectious diseases, vaccines, immunology immunology, excuse me, and virology and co-inventor of a rotavirus vaccine. He warns people that what you want is the best and safest vaccine, which may not necessarily be the first vaccines to enter the marketplace. Sound advice that a viral vector is a genetically altered virus that when injected produces an immune response viral vectors are used in gene therapy genetic manipulation that target the nucleus of cells to deliver its genetic material this type of vaccine delivery has not been widely used since the first trials in the 1990s showed viral vectors can cause severe complications. One trial resulted in a death. Now here is Dr. James Lyons-Wheeler at the PA Medical Freedom Press Conference in October of this year to address the problems with DNA-altering vaccines. Okay, historically coronaviruses, uh, vaccines for coronaviruses have had a terrible safety record. Uh, there is a condition known as disease enhancement due to pathogenic priming. And this was discovered in vaccinated animals in past vaccine safety studies when they did conduct vaccine safety studies on animals on coronavirus vaccines where vaccinated animals got more serious disease after being vaccinated and then when they acquired an infection from the wild type vaccine more of animals got serious infections serious conditions and more animals died in my peer-reviewed research paid for the citizens of the united states of america through donations to ipac prior to the development of any COVID vaccines i found that all but one of the proteins in the SARS-CoV-2 virus have what we call unsafe epitopes Right? which are parts of proteins that are capable of causing immune conditions, autoimmune conditions, and immune responses against proteins in our own body. This is peer-reviewed research, and I'll be happy to provide the press with a reference after this. Not a single, to my knowledge, not a single vaccine manufacturer took heed of my warning to remove those unsafe epitopes from the vaccines before they formulated their vaccines. In spite of being emailed, my study with a plea to please consider taking out those unsafe epitopes. We now have results from front-runner vaccines from these hybrid trials where they skipped over the animals' trials. FDA, in it absolutely ignoring safety margin in a stunning decision, decided to allow uh, Moderna and other vaccine manufacturers to skip the most important step in vaccine safety for coronavirus, which is the animal trials, to see if there's pathogenic priming, to see if this particular vaccine or that particular vaccine might cause serious problems through pathogenic priming. Now what they're doing is they, they, they even said, well, we don't have to do phase one human trials and phase two human trials separate. We're going to combine them together because this is such a horrible epidemic. We need to get the science done fast. They're missing out on another opportunity to find safety signals, but they found them anyway. At the beginning of this time period uh, where, where I'm speaking, I said to remember the percentage 21%. The only single data point, the datum that we have on what percentage of patients, exposed human patients exposed to a coronavirus vaccine, have had serious adverse events 
is from the Moderna trial, and that number is 21%. The, pe- the public needs to understand that tens of thousands and soon hundreds of thousands of medical doctors around the world are going to join me and others in condemning the politicization of coronavirus and public health in general, including vaccines. The public needs to understand that tens of thousands and soon hundreds of thousands of medical doctors around the world are going to join me and others in condemning the politicization of coronavirus and public health in general, including vaccines. Dr. Lyons Wheeler's full podcast will be podcasted underneath Beastwatch News's podcast so you can hear his full 14-minute speech. Here are other doctors from around the world on the dangers of DNA-altering, unsafe, protein-containing vaccines. My name is Andrew Kaufman. I'm a medical doctor and board-certified forensic psychiatrist. This pandemic is not a real medical pandemic. The COVID-19 vaccine is not proven safe or effective because there has not been enough time. In addition, there is not a clear definition of any new disease for which it can be tested against. There has not been a virus that has been purified or shown to be the cause of an illness. Thus, there is no target for a vaccine. However, the bottom line is that since no additional deaths have occurred in relation to a new disease, there is simply no need for a new vaccine. Hi, my name is Hilda Smet. I'm a Belgian medical doctor, and I'd like to say that a new COVID-19 vaccine is not safe and that there is no global medical pandemic. My name is Nils Hosse. I'm a medical doctor in Bergen, Norway. The COVID-19 vaccine has not been proven safe and effective. This is not a real medical pandemic. The death rates in Norway are not higher than on average year. Dr. Elizabeth Evans, the COVID-19 vaccines are not proven to be safe or effective. This is Dr. Mohamed Adel from United Kingdom. My name is Professor Dolores Cahill. I'm a molecular biologist and an immunologist. My name is Zach Cox. I'm a holistic dentist and a homeopath. I'm a founder member of the World Doctors Alliance. They are essentially experimenting on us, which is against the Nuremberg Code. I will not be taking the vaccine. Hello, I'm Dr. Anna Forbes. I'm a UK medical doctor here representing the UK Medical Freedom Alliance. This is a growing body of doctors, scientists, academics and lawyers. I am uh, Ralph uh, Sandberg. Uh, MD, PhD, uh, former associate uh, professor uh, in transplant surgery. My name is Dr. Johan Dennis from Belgium. There is no emergency situation. It was all orchestrated to make you fearful enough to take the vaccine. This is irreversible and irreparable for all future generations. An experiment on humanity. There are strong indications it could make you a controllable puppet by means of your own smartphone connected with the 5G network and artificial intelligence. Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Cullum, chiropractic physician from Turpin, Oklahoma, USA. This is not a real medical pandemic. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Cowan. And I just want to remind people that we have to remember that health does not come from the injection of toxins into our bodies. These are just a few 
of those thousands of medical voices who will be joining Dr. Lyons Wheeler in defying the globalists who are trying to change God's definition of what it means to be human. Despite the numerous expert medical voices warning the public, Pfizer says, don't worry, the vaccine is safe, and any side effects that appeared in trials were temporary. The side effects of the vaccines may sound frightening and unpleasant, says Pfizer, but they're nothing to be worried about in the long run. According to experts like Dr. Simone Chakrabarti, an infectious disease specialist, some Pfizer trial participants also got Bell's palsy, that's weakness on one side of the face, but they recovered, or so says Pfizer. More studies on the spread of COVID are now being released. One new study says asymptomatic people do not spread COVID. This is not what everyone has been told, though. According to the governments of the earth, if you tested positive for the virus, you are contagious and are counted as a case. So they can lock you down or lock you up or destroy your past life to usher you into a new life that is not of your making. This report on the study by Dr. Joseph Mercola says the vast majority of those testing positive for SARS-CoV-2 are asymptomatic. They simply aren't sick. The PCR test is merely picking up inactive or non-infectious viral particles. So the media is still hyping the communist left's line from the World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, the UN, and national governments around the world, including the U.S., that COVID is spreading everywhere. It is not. More PCR tests are being taken, so more people are in line to be counted as cases because they show up with positive results. However, most of them have no symptoms and cannot spread the disease. Positive PCR tests are not the same as cases. We're being lied to. Last June, the Washington Post reported on the malicious combining of COVID test numbers with the positivity rate skewing the total number of cases. The CDC said it would separate those numbers, but apparently has not, despite reporting they have done so. A couple of German lawyers have now initiated a lawsuit against those responsible for using fraudulent testing to engineer the appearance of a dangerous pandemic in order to implement economically devastating lockdowns around the world. They estimate that more than 50 other countries will be following suit. The German Corona Extra Parliamentary Inquiry Committee, founded on July 10, 2020, is trying to hold those responsible for using fraudulent testing to engineer the appearance of a dangerous pandemic to implement economically devastating lockdowns. This is according to uh, Dr. Mercola's website as well.
Pandemic measures have caused tremendous harm, killing more people than the virus itself by restricting routine medical care to people with acute and chronic health conditions that have nothing to do with COVID-19. While the governments of many nations have the same separation of power as the U.S., where you have separate legislative, judiciary, and executive branches, we are now finding that this separation has been breached and nearly destroyed in most places. Well, that's the idea. The Western free market capitalist system must be replaced by the new state capitalism. The election war in America is the fight between which brand of communism, the atheist kind or the religious kind, will win the current battle. Mercola says we now have plenty of data showing the lethality of SARS-CoV-2 is on par with the common flu and that the absolute risk of death is equivalent to the risk of dying in a car accident. The flaws of PCR testing have been capitalized upon to incite fear in order to benefit an agenda developed by private corporations, which include not only big tech companies, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Wellcome Trust, but also the World Health Organization, the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. According to Dr. Roger Hodkinson, one of Canada's top pathologists and an expert in virology, the COVID-19 pandemic is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. He stressed that PCR tests cannot diagnose infection and mass testing should therefore cease immediately. He also pointed out that social distancing and universal mask wearing are useless measures. But New York is considering making the COVID vaccine mandatory. Assembly member Linda Rosenthal, who represents parts of Manhattan's west side earlier this month, introduced a bill that would require the state to safely and effectively distribute the FDA-approved vaccine in accordance with the Department of Health's COVID-19 Vaccination Administration Program, according to the language of the legislation. Once the vaccination program has been rolled out for a while, the Department of Health would have the authority to mandate vaccination to anyone who can safely receive the vaccine if public health officials see that New Yorkers aren't developing sufficient immunity from COVID-19 or if New Yorkers are not standing in line in sufficient numbers to receive the vaccine. The bill doesn't define sufficient immunity, so presumably public health officials would have to set that benchmark. Rosenthal told Fox 5 New York that if less than 70% of the population voluntarily gets vaccinated, then the mandate should take effect. At this time, says the article, experts don't know what percentage of the population would need to be vaccinated in order to achieve so-called herd immunity to COVID-19, according to the CDC. Yep, that's the way to do it. Roll out the program and let it sit. 
Let a few people get vaccinated and then hit them with the mandate later. Meanwhile, Israel's first batch of Pfizer vaccines was flown in on Wednesday as the country began to gear up for a mass vaccination effort to bring the coronavirus pandemic under control. Israel has had 349,024 cases and 2,933 deaths. That is 0.84%. That's less than 1%. The percentage would be higher if they were counting actual cases and not adding in the positive test cases. Yet, Over that, Israel closed down all three pilgrimage feasts last year. We may be looking down that barrel again in 2021. In fact, a third lockdown may be coming to Israel, with health officials saying Israel is facing an imminent new wave of coronavirus infections. Health Minister Yuli Edelstein warned on Sunday evening that the country is in danger of entering a third lockdown if action is not taken within days to curb the outbreak. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said he would not hesitate to bring back restrictions, but Knesset ministers said they had decided to extend a pilot project to open some malls and markets by another 48 hours. And Open Up did Israel's shopping on Wednesday. Also, it now appears that a fourth election may be coming. Benny Gantz moved to dissolve Israel's parliament last week over an impasse between himself and Benjamin Netanyahu over the budget bill. Gantz's bill passed 61 to 54 with the potential for further legislation to formally dissolve the house as soon as this week. A Knesset committee approved the bill to dissolve Parliament on Wednesday of this week. It will now go to a Knesset vote slated for next Monday. In other news, the NDAA. The U.S. was just weakened by by the House's passage of the National Defense Bill, the NDAA, because the bill requires the U.S. military to now comply with the Green New Deal climate change directives, even though there is no such Green New Deal as law in the U.S., nor does the U.S. belong to the International Paris Accord on Climate Change. Democrats voted overwhelmingly for the bill, and 40 Republicans joined them in passing the legislation. 37 Democrats voted against it. Trump has threatened to send back the NDAA over a provision rather to rename military bases named for Confederate generals and for not including a repeal of Section 230 liability protection for social media companies. The bill also bars U.S. troop reductions in Afghanistan, Germany, and South Korea without significant justifications. I happen to believe that the repeal of Section 230 deserves its own bill unfettered by representatives' pet and party issues. Hopefully, that will be coming soon and the Trump administration will see the wisdom 
of putting down the Section 230 nonsense separately from the NDAA. Here's the wording in the NDAA bill that effectively shackles the U.S. military from operations during war. It says, the military services have largely failed to address these issues by incorporating technologies that reduce fossil fuel use into their existing equipment inventories. In addition, the committee is concerned that the military departments are not including these technologies as they invest in future platforms. Accordingly, the committee directs the Secretary of Defense to provide a report to the House Committee on Armed Services by August. 1, 2021, on how it will increase lethality, get this, increase lethality and reduce casualties by reducing its dependence on fossil fuels. You're kidding, right? Well, apparently not. The report shall include at a minimum a plan for the following. One, integrating Department of Defense and Military Department operational energy personnel into planning, posture, and programming entities to ensure fuel consumption, fuel distribution, and logistics are considered across the department. How the military departments are prioritizing reductions in fuel consumption by current platforms during planned upgrades and depot maintenance. Options for reducing the department's consumption of fossil fuels by not less than 10% in 10 years and 30% in 25 years. It doesn't seem so bad, does it? Well, it's worse than you think. Options for reducing the number of resupply convoys and oilers required in contested environments and leveraging existing technology and the Operational Energy Capability Improvement Fund to demonstrate capabilities to achieve the aforementioned goals. In my opinion, the bigger issue is how the regulations within the coming Green New Deal will impact our troops' ability to fight wars with even a smidgen of reduction of their use of fossil fuels. When the military has to be concerned with things that other armies don't care about, those enemy armies already have an advantage over the U.S. military. Here is the House Freedom Caucus's Scott Perry addressing the same issue. So I stand with the president and saying, do not take and do not make hostages of our service members for these needless programs that don't have anything to do with hitting the mark. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the National Defense Authorization. National Defense, right? It, it burdens our military by requiring to, to uh, comply with climate and co uh, combat climate change. I will guarantee you this, Al-Qaeda, uh, the Quds Force, China, is not burdening their troops with that. They're not burdening them with that. It places limits on the withdrawal of US, U.S. forces and moving them around. The president's trying to get our forces closer to the fight. But the bureaucracy here, the swamp, and the establishment doesn't want any of that. They think they're in control, not the commander-in-chief. It curtails the president's abilities to protect our southern border from drug trafficking, from human trafficking, from infiltration of all kinds of manner of terrorists if they would want to come through. How is that supporting national defense?
The Congress is asking for the impossible, increasing the lethality of our military while decreasing its dependence on fossil fuels. Are they nuts? While the U.S. is running around chasing its new green tail, China will move in for the kill. Another of the bill's problems is that it limits the president's ability to control U.S. troops, including bringing them home to stop those forever wars, said Republican lawmaker Representative Dan Bishop. It also keeps us from holding our allies accountable for their own defense, Bishop said, and somehow it includes completely unrelated provisions that would cost small businesses over $570 million in annual regulatory costs. And NDAA is critical, but some cynically manipulate the urgency of this bill to load it up like a Christmas tree and force us to vote for it, he said. Another measure in the bill would require the Pentagon to rename bases such as Fort Benning and Fort Hood named for Confederate generals. And now we're going to talk about the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Axios this week revealed the results of its year-long investigation into Chinese infiltration of the United States at the highest levels. A suspected Chinese intelligence operative developed intensive ties with local and national politicians, including a U.S. congressman in what U.S. officials believe was a political intelligence operation run by China's main civilian spy agency between 2011 and 2015. The alleged operation offers a rare window into how Beijing has tried to gain access to and influence U.S. political circles. And while this suspected operative's activities appear to have ended during the Obama administration, concerns about Beijing's influence operations have spanned President Trump's time in office and this article says it will continue to be a core focus for U.S. counterintelligence during the Biden administration. Well, I doubt that. But, you know, the unsuspecting chump was Republican Eric Swalwell of California, Democrat of California. He, along with many other men in government from mayors of cities all the way to Congress, slept with Chinese national Fong Fong, or otherwise known as Christine Fong. Swalwell is said to have cut off the relationship when the FBI warned him about her true purpose. Swalwell was on the House Intelligence Committee. <laughs> Swalwell accused President Trump of being a Russian operative, you know, a spy for the Russian government. But now that he's on the hot seat, he refuses to answer for the relationship with the Chinese spy. Can anyone say the words, firing squad? He is not the only person, nor are the Democrats the only party to have ties to China. Mitch McConnell's own wife, Elaine Chao, is a U.S. naturalized Chinese woman with family ties to Chinese banking. In China, the Chows are 
no ordinary family. They run an American shipping company with deep ties to the economic and political elite in China, where most of the company's business is centered, says the New York Times. And Chow is married to Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader. The Chinese tried to get access to the U.S. through the Trump administration, according to Business Insider. Chinese nationals linked to the Chinese government have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Trump's re-election campaign in an attempt to get closer to the president, according to the Wall Street Journal. The efforts to gain political access came shortly after Trump took office, but have stalled. Given the trade war between the U.S. and China, and now then the coronavirus, China has been accused of political espionage in other countries, including Australia, which passed laws against foreign interference in 2018. And China is not the first country accused of meddling in U.S. politics as of late. Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE have also been accused of attempting to buy influence over Trump's policies. Well, it turns out that the Democrats are more in bed with China than the Republicans, at least so far as anyone knows. It definitely is true that the Dems agree more to China's brand of communism than Russia's. And it also turns out that Trump is not in bed with Russia, but Joe Biden sure as the shooting is. Whereas Trump would never turn America over to Russia, Biden is already actively working to turn America over to Chinese communism through his administration picks and subjugate America to Chinese economic model. And now this brings me back to the NDAA, which got passed with that stupid fossil fuels restrictions on the U.S. military by communist left Democrats. What are they expecting the U.S. military to do without fossil fuels on war fronts while our enemies are fully equipped with fossil fuels? Do they expect the U.S. military to switch to electric jeeps and tanks and building charging stations everywhere in the deserts and the mountainous terrain where the wars are fought? Imagine this. A U.S. military now equipped with electric or hybrid vehicles that have no horsepower to get out of their own way, let alone the enemy's way, and that have to stop and recharge at pre-placed stations while the war rages elsewhere. How stupid can you get? Oh, and those missiles that America has, you know the ones, they use rocket fuel. What are they going to be powered with? Solar? The Democrats are busy turning America into what America was never intended to be. And they want to be led by a man, really a woman, Kamala Harris, who will finish off the country. China has paid Biden well and has given Biden's talentless and stupid son, Hunter, money for nothing. Hunter is now under investigation for tax fraud. In the course of this investigation, his Chinese connections are coming to light. 
Now, here is an important clip by Tucker Carlson revealing just how serious the Chinese are about taking down America. And they are. Over the past decade, China has made stunning progress in its attempt to dethrone the United States from its position of global leadership, our position. China's economy will soon surpass ours in size, and at some point, so will its military strength. To accelerate this, the Chinese Communist Party has engaged in a ceaseless effort to subvert our leadership class, the people who run the United States, and that has worked more effectively than anyone imagined. Last night, we showed you proof. We played a clip of a Chinese professor speaking on camera in front of a live audience, explaining how deeply his country's intelligence services have penetrated our government and our business establishments. This video was recorded just over a week ago. Watch the subtitles at the bottom of the screen. We have people at the top, at the top of America's core inner circle of power and influence. Well, of course, that means the government, it means Wall Street, it also means the media and the tech companies that distribute the media's products. And that may be why you didn't hear anything about this video elsewhere on television today. CNN claims to be an international network. They ignored it. So did MSNBC and the broadcast networks. Not a word about it. So much for their purported concern about foreign interference in our democracy. When China interferes, it's not a story. They don't care. For years, Americans have been rightly worried about the Islamic jihadist training camps that pepper the American landscape, and rightly so. But... The Islamists have not revealed, nor do they seem to have, a plan such as the Chinese. The Chinese and their plan has been right under our noses for decades. And the Democrats have spent that time quelling fears about China's ambitions, sleeping with Chinese spies, and the Republicans may have been doing the same, including marrying one. Now... China is prepared to subject U.S. companies to its social creditworthiness system, or be blacklisted. Yahoo Finance reports that China is making swift advances with a system for measuring the social creditworthiness of companies, a sweeping data collection effort that could solidify Beijing's control over foreign and domestic enterprises and possibly challenge the dominance of U.S. credit rating companies. The corporate social credit system was originally dreamed up about two decades ago, but it has since expanded into an ambitious national project that is now taking shape, according to a new 95-page report from the consulting firm Truvium China for the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission. The CSCS effort gathers information on companies from at least 44 state agencies and their branch offices in every province across that country. The scale of this data aggregation scheme cannot be overstated.
the report said. In a U.S. context, this would be roughly equivalent to the IRS, FBI, EPA, USDA, FDA, HHS, HUD, Department of Energy, Department of Education, and every courthouse, police station, and state agency sharing records across a single platform. Compiling this information is aimed at allowing government officials, banks, suppliers, and consumers to check on a company's behavior, helping advance a broader push to clean up business in China. Corporate actions could be analyzed, potentially leading to rewards like lower taxes and government contracts or punishments like fines and prohibitions on activities. The CSCS would penalize companies with poor compliance records by reducing their access to the market and subjecting them to public censure via blacklists while rewarding consistently compliant companies with economic incentives and public praise via red lists, the report said. The system could enhance China's ability to craft effective policy, possibly giving it a geopolitical edge globally. Firms and their executives face penalties for not reaching China's high standards. The social credit system is a Chinese national reputation system developed by the Chinese Communist Party. It established a unified record system for individuals, businesses, and the government to be tracked and evaluated for trustworthiness. Well, that's fine for Chinese people living in China, but now China wants to impose this on U.S. businesses doing businesses business in China. In other words, the U.S. businesses will have to comply with China's communist standards in order to do business there. China is now imposing its laws, social structures, full communist ideology on America through business. And you can bet that imposing this on individuals will soon follow. What will that mean for individuals? Well, being blacklisted from traveling to China. You know, there seems to be this thing about the globalists want to prevent people from traveling. So you'll be blacklisted from traveling to China. And when China finally attacks uh, America militarily, their military will come on U.S. soil, hunt down, and either imprison blacklisted individuals in re-education camps or death camps. Perhaps they will kill blacklisted individuals outright. Social, China's social credit system has been compared to Black Mirror, Big Brother, and every other dystopian future sci-fi writers can think up. The reality is more complicated, says Wired.com, and in some ways is worse. China's social credit system expands that idea to all aspects of life, judging citizens' behavior and trustworthiness. Caught jaywalking? Don't pay a court bill? Play your music too loud on the train? You could lose certain rights, such as booking a flight or train ticket. There you go with that travel thing again. At this point... 
I hope you can now see the connection between how the World Economic Forum and Cognizant want to control your American behavior and the Chinese model of behavior control. Don't think this kind of social credit system won't come to America. It will, even if the Chinese never attack America in any way. The World Economic Forum and Cognizant are leftist Westerners who have bought into the idea that the world needs the godless communist model of the Chinese. On the other hand, Judaism's Antichrist could implement something similar for those who take his mark. Behavior will be controlled and monitored in case any unwanted variations might appear within the marked population. The Marxist Jewish model that the world has been moving toward under President Trump is not better than China's model because Judaism's model injects the religious idea of God into everything. But biblical Israel, not to be confused with the modern current UN created state of Israel, is not Israel and is not a religion. Biblical Israel is a nation, a kingdom of priests who will serve in a coming new world order called the Order of Melchizedek under Yeshua's authority as he reigns from Jerusalem. But between now and then a lot of awful and strange stuff is coming. Nothing gets stranger for most people than this. This week, someone from Israel announced that Israel and the U.S. have been working with aliens from outer space. Haim Eshed, 87, in an interview to Israel's Yediot Haranot newspaper, spoke extensively about the extraterrestrial life and also elaborated about an agreement between the U.S. government and a galactic federation of aliens. Aliens are real and U.S. President Donald Trump knows about it. Israel's former space security chief has made an unprecedented claim in the interview, stressing they're keeping their existence a secret as humanity is not ready for them. Well, humanity has had these demons with us for thousands of years, but that's for another show. Hayimeshed headed Israel's space security program for nearly three decades. The article further says there is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens as they wish to research and understand the fabric of the universe, of the universe rather, says the Jerusalem Post, and this cooperation apparently includes a secret underground base on Mars. One social media user wrote on Twitter, as if 2020 could get any weirder, prominent Israeli general and professor Haim Eshed claims the U.S. and Israel have been in contact with aliens for years. On his disclosure, he says, I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I'm respected in universities abroad. Well, last year, Trump officially launched a full-fledged Pentagon force for combat in outer space, the first new military service in seven decades.
Now changing directions just before wrapping up. The Federal Trade Commission and a coalition of attorneys general from 48 states and territories filed two separate antitrust lawsuits against Facebook on Wednesday. Both lawsuits are seeking remedies for the alleged anti-competitive conduct that could result in requiring Facebook to divest its two apps. And cybersecurity firm FireEye has been hacked in what may be the worst attack in cyberspace yet. FireEye says it came under a cyber attack by highly sophisticated actors likely sponsored by a nation-state in a rare and extremely serious instance of a mainstream security vendor being compromised. The hack could even give the perpetrators the means to launch attacks against other targets. The attacker accessed certain red team assessment tools that we use to test our customers' security. The disclosure continued, implying that many of FireEye's clients, including its government customers, could be indirectly affected by the breach. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, an arm of the Department of Homeland Security, said in a statement that it has been working with FireEye to determine the scope of the attack. Well, at this point, no one is pointing a finger at China, but they should be. In Matthew 24, verses 37 to 39, it says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. But take heart. All you believers in Yeshua HaMashiach, God in the flesh, and Israel's rightful king. Luke 21:28 says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.